you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and I am here with a new podcast. I saw an interesting update in the May issue of the Nutrition Action Health Letter, and it's called The Changing American Diet. And it's actually a more detailed report in some ways of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's food availability and consumption data mapped from 1970 through to, to 2018, and in some cases 2017, and in some others 2019, kind of goes around. The USDA areas that are mapped in this are a summary of U.S. consumption broken down by meat, eggs, nuts, then grains, vegetables, dairy, and fruit. They also have some others that have to do with sugar. Um, and all of the categories, except dairy, which was relatively even, all of them went up from 1970 to 2018. And the 2018 consumption of meat, eggs, nuts, and grains was higher than the USDA 2020 to 2025 dietary guidelines for Americans, which the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is what USDA stands for, had put together and had published. When we look at the calories per day in the actual numbers, the number has gone up from 2,000 calories a day in 1970 to 2,500 calories a day now, and that is per person. And obviously it's an average and it's built on all of these other pieces of data, but it's quite a jump. Five, 500 calories a day is a lot of calories. And it did not necessarily represent people eating more healthfully when you actually look at the breakdowns by year. So the number of total vegetables went up by about 10% and fruit went up kind of minimally. But I will call out that white potatoes, fresh and frozen, are included in the vegetables amount. So we can't be too impressed with what might look like an uptick in healthy choices. And the highest amounts in 2019 are for frozen potatoes, which is what one makes into fries, and canned tomatoes, which we all put on pizza. So those are two of our not so healthy foods that some of us eat some of the time. And obviously a lot of people are eating a lot of the time, as you can see by all of the pizza places around and the fast food and all of the fries that are at all the different restaurants. So around 2005, if you look at the meat, chicken passed beef with the largest number of pounds per person and has actually been increasing since then. Beef has started increasing again since 2015. 
and all the rest have been fairly even since 1970, which includes pork, turkey, lamb, and veal, and seafood. Unfortunately for the planet, beef is the food that causes the most environmental harm, and I don't think that the chicken are, is so well-raised either on the commercial and the non-organic chicken farms. For fruit and fruit juice, app for fruit and fruit juice, apples are the number one fruit, with over 25% of the whole in 2018. Oranges are second, with slightly over 20% of the full amount of fruit, and bananas are in third, with about 13%. Grapes, strawberries, watermelon, and pineapple make up the rest in that grouping. And if we're looking at eggs, nuts, and beans, all of them have gone up, not in a straight line, mind you, from 1970 to 2018. The eggs are more than the total of nuts and beans. But, and this is so applicable to so many of these kinds of ratings and graphs, is that the amount of beans eaten is actually more than reported because the weight of cooked beans is actually two to three times that of dried beans. And they're only using the weight of the dried beans in these comparisons. For dairy products, not including milk itself, the products have changed popularity since 1970 when full fat ice cream was number one, cheese was second, then lower fat ice cream and yogurt was on the bottom. So yogurt has been increasing over the past 45 years, but actually in 2017 had kind of a drop off. No one was trying to explain that, but I don't know where that kind of came from. Cheese started climbing in 1970 and is still number one by a large margin. Second is yogurt, a close third is full fat ice cream, and lower fat ice cream has maintained a flat fourth at around 4% of the whole. There aren't any numbers for that one for the years after 2017. So there's nothing, again, to know whether any of that is that would actually have been going down since then. The rest of dairy are broken out into four kinds of cow's milk. Interestingly, total cow's milk has decreased by 25% since 2000. Whole milk and reduced fat milk, better known as 2% milk, are tied for first. Low fat, which we all know is 1%, and fat-free, also known as skim milk, are almost tied for third and fourth places. The fall-off in cow's milk seems to be a reflection of all of the new kinds of milk available since the 1970s. Kinds of milk like soy, oat, rice, and coconut. And there's probably some others out there as well, but I, oh, almond, that's the other one. And I know a lot of people have switched to that. We in our house have coconut and soy, um, used to have a lot of rice milk and sometimes get almond milk. Added sugars have gone down nearly 20% since 2000 and they're approaching, but not quite at their 1970 levels. The makeup of the sugars have changed though. In 1970, refined cane and beet sugars were five times as much as corn sweeteners. In 2019, cane and beet sugars were only slightly higher 
than the corn. And over this whole period, honey and edible syrups have flatlined at a hardly measurable level for the whole period. But it is good to see that at least sugar levels do seem to be going down, even if it's not a massive shift, at least they're not going up. Lastly, let's talk about grains. Total grains have grown since 1970 with white and whole wheat flour always in the top spot. It has gone down a bit since its peak in 2000, but it is still more than twice the total of all of the other grains combined, which includes rice, corn, rye, oat, and barley. So overall, that's the detail. And we can see some of the trends, but overall, it's not really enough for us to look at the country and say that this country is eating healthfully, because it really isn't. There are little pockets here and there, but the fact that our calorie count, as I said before, has gone from 2,000 per day to 2,500 is not very good. And especially as I don't think our level of exercise and movement has gone up accordingly. And this is one area where at this point, we can't blame it on the coronavirus because all of this information is the, the latest one is from 2019. Also, all of these things have gone up mostly in things like white potatoes and refined grains and particularly corn products. If you're wondering about oils and fats and why didn't I talk about that, that's because the government stopped tracking that in 2011. So nobody really knows what's going on with that. Very helpful as usual. And as I said at the beginning, the daily calorie counts have gone up. 75% of adults and 35% of children are classified currently as either overweight or obese. All of this data pretty much makes us realize that this is not just somebody's guess. You can see it in the people who are living in this country now and around us and, and sometimes us or our family. We need to start eating more vegetables and fruit and we need to back off from the amount of meat and beef and chicken and substitute in more plant-based products. And I'm not saying everyone needs to become vegetarian. That's a personal decision. I just think that we need to be a little better at getting more of a variety of different kinds of foods in our diet. Because after all, nobody's perfect, but we can do better for ourselves and our families. Let me know in the comments what you, <clears throat> excuse me, what you think about this, how you're working to improve your, yours and your family's health, and let me know what your favorite healthy meal is to make and to share. I'm always interested in learning new things to cook instead of always making the same things. So I will conclude by saying that I am not a doctor and all of this is not to be considered to be medical advice. If you are having a medical issue please go and talk to your doctor. And especially if you do need to alter your diet to lose some weight or maybe even to gain some weight, please go 
and talk to your health professional and get some advice from them on how to do it. That's it for me today. I will be talking to all of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.